Welcome to Sheffield Hopcast, August 2023. Supposedly summer. It's been, it's been quite. It's been all right today. A couple of days that have nice been quite nice. Day. Yeah, we'll not talk about the rest of the summer. Um, I'm James. No Adam. Um, this time around, he's on his jollies or he's somewhere or other. Skeggy, maybe. I can't remember. Travelling on from Manchester, did he say? I'm sure he said he was. I've a, forgotten. He was, yeah. We don't. We don't care. Um, <laughs> but we've got Sean, and we've got Laura. Hello. Hello there. And we have got a guest who Sean's going to introduce in a second, but I think we kind of need to paint the picture as to where we are. And obviously this is Sean's job. He does a lovely job of a nice graphic description so as yes, to our we, we location. Have, we have a, a lovely, can I call it a terrace view of our, uh, a number of food outlets here in uh, Beer Central's home. That's the Moor Market in the city centre on the Moor in Sheffield. And the reason that we're here is that we're going to discuss a beer tonight that involves um, everybody here in the market, but specifically uh, a good friend of, of ours, uh, Dev, who is very famous in Sheffield as the owner of the mighty Hungry Buddha Nepalese, uh, re- what, 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 what we call it, a, a cafe, Dev? Well, yeah. You can talk. Cafe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Hungry Buddha, uh, very famous for their tally dishes. And uh, so, we're going to talk to Dev in a short while about beer, a little bit about Nepal as well, I think. And yeah. I've just been re- reminiscing with Dev to a, a, a day that uh, he can't remember and I can hardly uh, remember myself. But back in 2013, before Beer Central opened in the November, Kellam Island Museum. Um, had some sort of little street food uh, evening down there in the courtyard and they had a number of street food traders and uh, they had a, a a place called the Hot Box which was a horse box. Mm. Oh, remember, remember that this? back in the day? Yeah. I've, I've seen that. That's to, been at Peddler a few times. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. yeah. And that's the first time I, I, I remember seeing that and that was on serving beers. I think I had something from from uh, Ilkley Brewery on the night and it was a nice uh, warm evening I'm guessing would have been September-ish 2013 and me and Deb were just checking out the Sheffield uh, food and beer scene ahead of uh, opening here at the Moor Market and of course uh, what caught our eye on the night Hungry Buddha and so Deb doesn't remember this um, no. But he, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can hardly, I can hardly uh, criticise him. But he served me and Deborah some delicious food on the night, and we swilled that down with some uh, Ilkley beers from the hot box, and that was our first little look at Sheffield and the food scene, and uh, uh, other than the pubs, the beer scene at the time. So I met Dev before the market opened, but then subsequently Dev saw the light and came in here. And so we'll be we'll be talking more about uh, Dev and his life and the beer and everything else in uh, in a short while. So two things from that: uh, one being if you can hear lots of loud crashing and banging going on, the literally, literally like cleaning up around us, which is uh, which is great. Feel very special. Um, the <laughs> other, did you say November 2013? Yes. So that will mean not too far away ten from ten years. Yeah, ten years. The 25th of November. 2013 is the 10th birthday of the Moor Market and by default we opened on its opening day the 10th birthday of, of uh, Beer Central. 
So how many other, I don't know if you know the stats on this, how many other traders here were here on day one? Yeah. And um, are there many kind of originals there left? Are, there are dozens and dozens of people who were in, in here on the on day one. Oh, so right. I don't know the numbers, but there are dozens and dozens, yeah. So we've got a, a nice mix in the market of existing traders and, and new, fresh fresh life. Dev, you've been in here how many years? Seven years. Seven years. So it took him a, took him a, um, a uh, two or three years to see the light and, uh, and get, you, you were doing outside catering and food festivals and all that at the time, weren't you? So, uh, so yeah, we've got a big birthday coming up. Not quite sure what we're going to do for it yet. Exciting. Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not one for celebrating our business's birthday that much. But ten years seems. I tend to uh, when we post our top three every morning on our birthday. I tend to put, oh, we're we're nine years old today. Happy birthday! And here's our top three from yesterday. But we'll have to make a, a, a bigger effort at uh, this right. one. Probably co- run it alongside whatever the more market decides to do on the uh, the two day. ideas for you there. Number one, I'm not sure you'll go for this. <laughs> 10th anniversary, all beers, 10p. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. 10th anniversary, all beers, 2013 prices. Okay, so um, the second idea would be more likely than the uh, first idea. And I've discussed with a, a, a customer today who was in the shop. They were from London and he was visiting up here uh, uh, because he used to study here back in his early days. He bought um, his favourite beer from his studies from a few years ago, which was a bottle of Bradfield Blonde. And as I exchanged the uh, the bottle for his card, I reminded him that that's the same price, uh, £2.50, as when we opened wow. back in 2013. So there aren't many beers left in the shop, but we did do a series earlier this year. Uh, James, I'm sure you remember it, Inflation Busters. I do remember and we, it. <laughs> we, we did a series of, of beers that uh, were the same price as when we opened 10 years ago. Bradfield were included. Sadly, some of those have, have, have bitten the dust since. The um, uh, cost of living crisis, and particularly perhaps something we could talk about, the government's new duty increases from the 1st of August. A number of our uh, beers... Uh, because they're in bottles and cans, have increased in price. Not everything, but uh, a, a fair number. And so that's the same across all uh, packaged beer, of course, in the in the UK. But we've still we've still got we've still got the old Bradfield beers. They've gone up a little bit, but we're 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 going to stick with the two fifties. Fair enough. All right. Cool. What you could do is. Um all beers at 2013 prices for 10 minutes. Yeah. That <laughs> and you just have a free for all. Right. Just yeah. 10 20, o'clock for 10 20 minutes. 20 past eight, well, and then we open at half past eight. Yeah. That's perfect. That's it's, it. Yeah. It's my type of people deal. at the door. No, you can't come in. You can't come in. My type so of deal. The, um, I feel outside of beer circles, this thing's gone a little bit under the radar, actually, with the, the duty changes, because not, not many people know about it. So this is beers, was it above, like, three point something percent? That's a slightly different. Yeah, Laura will know much more about this so, than I, but that's a slightly different okay. increase. So it's all part of the same kind of changes to the bill that's been brought in. How it's been sort of described, I'll try and do this in a quick way, is to... Um, kind of make things an even playing field across all different kinds of alcohol. So it's simplifying it because beer used to be subject to very different rules to cider and to wine and all that kind of thing. It's trying to kind of make it simpler, but in doing so, it's probably made it 
way more complicated, uh, which doesn't sound at all like our government, does it? <laughs> um, but yes, there's a, if your beer is 3.4% or below, um, it's subject to a lower duty rate. Okay. Um, and then it's fairly kind of standard between that up until you hit 8.5. When you hit 8.5, the alcohol duty you have to pay um, becomes the same as uh, what wine suppliers have to pay. Um, and it's it's all, it's kind of also linked to the amount of alcohol that you produce as a business. So if you're a company that makes, uh, like Abbeydale that makes a lot of 4.1 4. 1 to 4.3% pale ales, you know, the actual amount of alcohol we produce compared to a brewery of a similar size that does mainly massive IPAs is lower. So we would pay comparatively less duty, but that kind of sliding scale ends when, when you hit 8.5. So right, okay. small breweries that make high ABV beers yep. will be finding this incredibly difficult. So 8.5 is going to become a bit of a magic number as well. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. and dippers above sort of 8 point whatever is is, is, is going to be a, a, a bit more yeah. of a rarity or just yeah. more expensive. Like that, that cost has got to be passed on, hasn't it? So. I'm really wondering what's going to happen to, um, you know, the breweries that uh, make gin yeah. on the side or something, yeah, yeah. you know, that have kind of two businesses going. Mm. on um it'll be really interesting to see what what happens to them but it's it's just another kind of hurdle to navigate and a whole different system and um extra restrictions what sean was mentioning um is <laughs> that at the same time as this uh, the duty rate on packaged beer for drinking at home has been increased, which the government are again spinning as a Brexit way to benefit it's, it's actually, yeah. the local pub because beer yeah. to drink in has not seen a change that hasn't had the increase. So it's supposed to be making it um, more expensive to buy beer from supermarkets is the essence of it, it was really. A, right. But it's penalising all businesses that are selling or increasing the costs of all businesses right. that are selling beer to drink at home. Back in, uh, it was, uh, I think, mentioned before that, but there was a, um, um, an announcement, I think probably March time, um, in the House of Parliament, the minister in charge at the time announced it as one of their Brexit pledges, uh, Save the British Pub uh, Brexit by, by Pledge. So more is expensive a, to drink another well. benefit from leaving the glorious <laughs> EU. Um and so, uh, yeah, duty has been frozen on draft products, like Laura said, for um, for pubs. But and they specifically said to target um, supermarkets. Um, they said that supermarkets will now pay more. Uh, excuse me, breweries will pay more duty on beer destined for supermarkets because it's the breweries that have to pay it, um, but and obviously have to pass it on. Right. Um, but um, the attack on the supermarkets on behalf of the Great British Pub. Um, also attacks the whole independent off-license yeah. uh, scene yeah. in, in the UK. So every um, off-license in the UK will get um, price increases from breweries, which is increased solely because the breweries are having to pay more duty on stuff that goes into cans and bottles uh, to the government. And they've also, um, you may have seen another thing that's come out as a positive thing for pubs recently, is that they've extended the rules that were brought in regarding takeaway beer in COVID um, for venues to be able to sell beer to take home more I easily. I just going to ask about that. However, <laughs> if a pub buys beer to serve over a bar and then decides to sell your son to take home, 
the stuff that you're taking home has to be has to have the full duty rate applied. Oh, that's so complicated. So, there's just this really weird grey ground that, you know... Which currently means, I think, that the pub has to pay the full duty on... On the whole lot. The whole of that 20-litre keg or... How how is anyone ever going to know? Well, well, some have already withdrawn from doing takeout as a result of that complication. Because if you buy a 20-litre keg from from Colonel and sell one litre of it to a, a customer to take home, then the other 19 litres should be charged at the higher duty charge, even though you're selling that draft in, in, in the pub. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, nobody, nobody's really worked out, I don't think, how it's actually going to, you know, how it's actually going to work. Um, even though it's already in place yeah to to, to be effective it has to be policed doesn't it yeah so it it would need because most I'm guessing a lot of takeouts at the end of the night in a pub I've just had a a nice pint of something at midnight and I'm on my way home I'm going to take two or three pints of that home so it would need the the policing officers of this to be in pubs quite late in some cases to nab 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 the story and then trace that beer back all the way to the brewery Uh Um, to see whether Check the duty... Out, yeah. They'll, the they'll duty. be smashed by that time, police officers. They, they will. They'll be four or five, anyone drinking, 8.6% uh, IPAs like, like, in. Uh, other than you, James, anyone drinking mineral water in a pub at midnight <laughs> is probably from the <laughs> UK um, excise. I should probably just say I've probably simplified that to the point of yeah, we are. being wrong in places. Okay. So if anybody would like to pull me up or correct me on anything that I have... Um, Misconstrued there. To be, to be fair, please to, let me know. To, yeah, to, to Laura and uh, to me and Laura, we've got James and Dev in front of us. We've had to really try and bring it down to the lowest common denominator <laughs> for both of them. Uh, it's not, it's not word for me. It probably has for Dev, but I've still got no clue, no clue. Um, normally, by this, in fact, normally the first thing we do is to talk about the beers that we've got. We haven't done that yet, for um, for for a reason, not just because we got. I, I think on the last episode we were about twenty minutes in before we talked about beers. That's because Adam got confused. That's not happened this time. This was a conscious decision, um, but it is related to why we're here in the Moore Market. And I did want to point out, this is our second stop, because yeah. originally we were going to be on some benches around the corner, which, if I'm not mistaken, were next to Santa's Grotto. And uh, it no, is that, August. That current, that's the summer uh, children's play so, area. So two days a week, Tuesday and Thursday, during the school holidays, there are um, uh, free, free games and... Um, um, play materials for children. There so are characters. Not, not Santa's Grotto. There are characters on site to, to help them with all that. It's a proper job. Santa's Grotto will kick in sometime uh, in uh, November. Mm. Uh, as you well know, James, it's Santa is is still enjoying his holidays in the Maldives at the moment. It's, it's, it's still Adam, August. Yeah. I, uh, Ruining Christmas, frankly, you can't. It's Santa's Grotto. It's Santa's Grotto it needs to be put in storage for ten months of the year. Yeah, it, it you can't uh, repurpose it's a it as a purpose grotto. As a summer house, uh, you can't have that. Yeah, the, the, I'm, not, I'm not standing for it. Santa is very My environmentally strongly friendly. Strongly worded complaint. We'll be going in tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, when you write your letter you. to Santa, <laughs> yes, <laughs> dear Santa, care of the Maldives. Um, t- talk to us about beer then. Okay, who, who so I'll give this? you I'll give you the background to the story okay. then, if you like. So about eighteen months ago, Dev Dev frequently pops up to the shop and comes up with with, with, with some sort of throws some random idea out. Should be doing some reindeer beer or something, and then disappears. And then I'll see him another month later. But about eighteen months ago, 
he came up to me in the shop and said, I want a beer, I want a beer to go with my Nepalese food and we need to sort it out. Come on, sort, sort out a, a beer. See you later. So that, that, that was it. That was his normal tactic. So we started to have a, a think and the next time I bumped into him, I said, well, we could look at doing some sort of beer and, and trying to do a, a, a collaboration. We'd done collaborations in the past with a number of different breweries really successfully. So we started to develop the idea of um, Dev, Hungry Buddha, Us Beer Central and the Moor Market um, getting involved uh, with a, uh, ideally a local brewery to look at brewing a beer that would go beautifully with Dev's food. And so um, my first port of call, and it was our, our first port of call, Dev, as well. We didn't go uh, anywhere else for this one. We thought we'd check in with our friends at uh, Abbeydale. And so I had a chat with uh, Sam, uh, Sam Weber, who, uh, who we deal with on sales for our orders. Sam started to develop the idea within the uh, the brewery and perhaps would have discussed that, Laura, at one of your... Yeah. Do, you have a, do you have a weekly sales meeting or monthly monthly meeting oh, to discuss ideas? Oh, yeah, yeah. Every week yeah. we'll bring them forward, yeah. And so... Uh, um, that was then sort of reviewed and thumbs up from, from Abbeydale and we started to talk about um, styles of beer, started to talk about a schedule that had to be built into the Abbeydale uh, brew schedule and um, we finally arrived at the point um, just over two weeks ago where Dev, myself, uh, Liam from the market, a couple of other of the uh, the market, more market team, Paul off the rug stall. Um, you came yes. along with um, Darcina. Darcina from Hungry Butter as well. And we all uh, trekked down to Abbeydale Friday morning uh, to brew a beer that was created. The recipe was created by, uh, by Jim. And um, we had a um, fantastic... Um, day, fantastic morning, fantastic day, um, brewing the beer. Um, a number of people there on a, a real learning curve with it, hadn't been anywhere near a brewery before, didn't have a clue how beer would be made. Dev even approached me a few days before going down, um, expecting to bring home a can of the beer on the day at the, <laughs> at the end of the, the brew. So uh, I explained that we might be able to bring home an empty can but certainly it would take a number of weeks to uh, to, to, to cook things right. And so we, we now arrive at the point um, of um, having the beer in front of us. Laura's uh, yeah. brought along the, the beer's likely to be canned one day this week, possibly early next week. Uh, cans look fantastic. We've done some publicity shots around the Seen market. Yeah. Um, You've got some models in the, uh, in the waiting around. We did some uh, shots it. with products and produce, then some shots with people and smiling faces. And so uh, we're, we're almost ready for it. And Laura has very, very kindly brought along from the... Uh, Fresh from the tank, it or is. I think you brewers like to yeah. say, don't you? I don't want to sound dramatic, but is this world exclusive yep. tasting of the yep. the beer? This is the first time any of it has left the brewery. Right, this is very exciting. Uh, like I said it's it's um, it's it's almost ready, kind of flavour wise. It's there. Um, we just um, we just need to fizz it up and get it. Bit of bit of carbonation, really. Uh, so it's just waiting for its turn to go into the canning room. 
Um, so yeah, we've got a, a sneaky little pre-release uh, that I've just taken out of the tank today. I should say that so. on the day that uh, uh, Christian and Sam looked after us, Christy did a brilliant job. He brewed the beer uh, with us on the, the day and he did let us taste the wort um, on the day. So the, the sweet, that doesn't sound very appetizing, that. sweet porridge-like uh, uh, liquid um, that uh, is full of, full of starchy sugars uh, before the yeast gets involved. So uh, we did taste the the work, which is a a bit of a uh, um, a done thing on a on a on a collaboration brew day like that, isn't it? So you've not told us what kind of beer percentage anything like that yet. Um, so or the name of the beer. Uh, it's been well That's publicized, true. yeah. And in fact, we, we publicized it so well that when I mentioned the name of the beer in our group chat between me, I, James, and and Laura, uh, James, so. What's this? Uh, have I missed something? What's this coalition? What are you talking about? <laughs> yep. So yes, you had missed something. Um, we uh, um, uh, uh, called the beer coalition, uh, uh, an example of a, a collaboration of local businesses uh, working together. And it's a 4.3% hazy pale. Um, I've forgotten what hops have got in it now. Mosaic, Centennial... Galaxy. From memory, Galaxy's in there and as well. Columbus? Columbus, I know there's possibly. definitely four. We've said four there. Yes, there I are definitely the right four. four. I'll, I'll double check those <laughs> now while we're, uh, um, while we're talking about it. So I haven't even tried this yet either. Like When I filled this up, Sam got a sneaky little glass to try as well. And I was like, no, I'm going to wait and I'm going to try it live the on the pod. So we should. We should I hope say. We like it. Um, I, I hope we do as well. <laughs> we should say before we 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 even open the beer and, and drink it that the design of the can is is truly fantastic. Your oh, it's your lovely. designer, James a, a Murphy. Out. Yeah, yeah, he's done a really good job. Um, so yeah, the design is it 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 is the more market, isn't it? Just it just is. We did just get one hop wrong in that little guess at the four hops we're right with mosaic we're right with galaxy centennial is in there and good old amarillo oh. show me the way dev <laughs> um did you tell us the strength 4.3 percent i think you did because that rings a bell so 4.3 percent um who's going to do the honors well i think laura should be uh, it's laura's because it's an, an, an abbeydale an abbeydale no, growler then laura. This, is, um, this is yours got a lovely this donkey is mine. On the front. this is from is it a um, it's a beeradero which is a bar in barcelona that we did a tap takeover at many moons mm. ago but it's one liter so it's quite a good size for this kind of thing I'm always tempted to tell my, my one donkey joke when I see a donkey or get involved in a donkey, but I think I've told oh, them before no. on this show, does so it, I'm going to spare everyone. It, is there any racism in it? <laughs> no, there isn't. Any sexism no. in it? No, there isn't, no. Any suicide references? No, there aren't. You're all right, then you can tell okay. it. Okay. Um, you know what they give the donkeys uh, for lunch at Blackpool nowadays, don't you? An hour, same as them at Skagness. I think you might have done that joke I have last month before. before. I have. Or if not, I the could, month before. I could no. tell. I could tell. Looking at your uh, face, you were giggling already, James. At the yeah, punchline. that's what it was. It was a giggle. Dev, you've right. not heard that one before, have you? And Dev's still laughing, so that's got mileage yet. That's got mileage. Woo! <laughs> oh, sorry. Right, the beer is <laughs> open. My surprise. So go on then, Dev. Let's have a. Uh... So I am. Uh, I'm going to have a little bit. 
Obviously, I'm not a big uh, a big drinker anymore. So you're going, James. You can have that to, uh, that first slosh there if you like. Thank you. So this is before. So this is more. Uh, uh, this is more the the cask version. Yeah. Laura, because yeah. it's going to be available across our, uh, across the UK. Should anyone want it? I we've got a landlord that buys from us in Peterborough that is very keen for a, a cask Bram. of it. Bram is very oh, keen. Like he said he messaged saying it's a shame it's not going on cask. I says it is. So it's available. Um, <laughs> To any publicans listening to this, uh, it is available uh, in... I'm going to get uh, the three of you just to lift, lift your glasses while on, we do a, a live podcast and um, photo while, you, uh, while you're doing, uh, doing that. Very good. So you, you first think people first, listening will probably have seen the photo it, before It is pale. It. Nice hoppy aroma to it. This is possibly the freshest beer that I've ever tasted. It was literally still in the tank like five hours ago. Mm, yeah. It's got a lovely zinginess to it, actually, even though it's... It, smell, it smells like brewery. It's not been carved yet. That's got lovely zinginess on there. It's actually, as well, like, it's got some nice life to it, hasn't it, yeah, already? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Zinginess, I was describing that. Is it a life, we're calling it, in brewery terms? Mm. Zingy, hoppy. Mm. Ooh, it's going to be lovely. Mm. Interesting combination of there's a bit of softness there, but then it's quite sharp as well. I think some of the sharpness will be because it's not quite it, that, right. that should soften, soften down a bit. little bit. Um, not, it's the, the sharpness wasn't a criticism. Mm. Mm. It's yeah, an interesting that combination. Little, that last little bit of hot burn at the back yeah. should, should uh, settle down quite quickly, um, but leaving behind the hop so flavour. So obviously. we're on uh, 25 to um, 7 at the moment. So that was still in a tank in the brewery an hour and a half ago, I'm guessing. What, oh, what did you finish? <laughs> I thought you were going to break into doing a travel news update there. <laughs> 25 <laughs> to 7, well, if you're on your way home now. It, then. Is, it is easy. Uh, Hanover Way, busy, very busy. Busy but evening. moving in the usual places. <laughs> Upper Hanover Way, very busy. I've heard James mention that on his BBC Radio Sheffield. Might have traffic happened. Traffic bulletins. Might have happened. Oh, um, I, can, I can really imagine that with a delicious plate of yummy curry goodness there you go you can tell it does it needs to settle a little doesn't it because there's a bit of an aftertaste there mm. that's that that's that's where the real sharpness is kind of in that little aftertaste thing so i think you're right aren't you that's the bit that will settle down yeah yeah that's gonna be a lovely beer actually yeah really nice it sparkles on your tongue actually doesn't it when you're uh, get in there <laughs> are you happy <laughs> with it dev sean sounded like he was gonna cry there for a second you sounded really emotional about oh, it no. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not you okay um <laughs> We should point out, I've, I've only got a little bit of the beer because I'm not really a, a beer drinker. So Sean very kindly has also supplied me with a second beer, which is a um, alcohol-free, well, 0.4%, which is a um, Sam Smith's Brown Ale, which I've never had before. So I'm um, looking forward to this. So a bit of kind of like an old-school alcohol-free beer, if, if such a thing exists. I'm quite enjoying the old-school label. It is a very old-school label. Blend, yeah. yeah, I'll take a photo of that and we'll, we'll pop that online as well. If anyone's not seen it, because I'm not sure I've seen that anywhere else before, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not it's been going you, probably a couple of years, nice now. and popular, £1.50, and um, consistently the, the best sort of um, darker beer, low alcohol, that we uh, that we have in. I think you sell. Fair enough. Right, well, that's, that's my coalition finished. Very nice. Adam's so, really missing out by not being here for this. Adam has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll, get, he'll, a, he'll get a can at some point, won't he? Yeah, he'll get a can at some point. 
So, uh, Dev, this is the That's true the true taste test now. <laughs> so, so, our opinion no, means nothing. No, no, no. All eyes on you. No, it, it's uh, if we've got, got a thumbs up from you guys, yeah. then yeah, it's a thumbs up for me. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about uh, you for a second, then, Dev. So, um, you've got a Nepalese. Um, uh, cafe here in the market so give us give us some background you're obviously uh, not to listeners but you're, you're obviously to um, uh, with your story from Nepal so go and give uh, how, how, what was life like for you as a young lad young lad when I was little yeah I grew up in a a, a, a poor environment yeah. Nepal is a poor country popular for uh, trekking climbing yeah. uh, adventure sports like uh, this was in the 70s. Uh, yeah, but my dad had businesses. And then as we grew up, then we had some comfort and uh, I won't we, say luxury, but we, you know. Did, we, did you, were you born and you in, grew up in Kathmandu? In or? Kathmandu, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you were in the city. In How the many city. million live in Kathmandu? Kathmandu is uh, about what, three million. Yeah. It's a valley. If you go to Kathmandu, it's surrounded by hills and in the north, you've got the mountains. Uh, in the 70s, I remember growing up and playing in fields. Now, if you go to Kathmandu, the places, you won't recognize it. Mm. It's all houses. So it's been developed. It's been, yeah, unregulated development. Uh, corruption is uh, rampant and anyone, everyone in Nepal would want to have a house in the cities for you know medical reasons education facility wise yeah, imp- so yeah. people move on to the you know cities like yeah but yeah that's that's my calling that's uh, that's where i'm from <laughs> but then uh, as i uh, later in my year uh, in my years like i was sent to india uh, well, for, for education? my education yeah, yeah down south place called Bangalore mm-hmm. and after graduating there I came back and then got into trekking and that's where I met my wife so your wife came out to trek the Himalayas Himalayas from Rotherham yeah yeah from, from the Wath- same school from Wathapundern from Wathapundern yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we met and then yeah then I was younger yeah uh, so, in terms of trekking, then were you taking people out on uh, on, on climbing expeditions oh, or no. walking? Walking, or walking. Yeah. Trekking is more. So the foothills of the Himalayas. Yeah, base camp, and wow. but then after that is where the climbing and expedition comes yeah. in. So you would take people up to base camp on yeah. tracks, where majority of the tourists comes in. Yeah. So those climbing, the the seasonal yeah. climbers are very less percentage compared yeah. to. Is that a good job out out in the the mountains and the hills and walking and guiding people? Yeah, good that job. Are there to be excited, yeah. For the locals, yeah. The best is uh, the British Army. Yeah, <laughs> it's a well-paid. You know, the the thinking is, you know, you set for life. Yeah. Mm. Uh, if and then so people train out for that. Did you ever consider that yourself? I tried once. Did you? Yeah. So, so it's a high bar. You're a, you're a fit bloke, Dev. So, I mean, you're, you're an intelligent fit yeah. bloke. So, it's a high bar. <laughs> I wasn't fit enough. <laughs> Weren't you? So, I mean, they train for years and yeah. years. Like, yeah. they, it's serious business. Yeah. You know, you can go into camps and 
trained for that. They, they, you know. So yeah, British Army, then the Indian Army, and then the Nepalese Army. Right. So yeah, that's. Did you ever go all three of those? No. All right. Yeah, uh, and then I went into trekking after yeah. that. I thought, oh, it's not for me. I did try for the Indian Armed Forces as well when I was in Bangalore. Yeah. I, I, I tried uh, to join the um, uh, Air Force. Yeah, but life had other things for me. Very good. So brought here you to, I am. Brought you to us. So how did food influence your life as a as a young bloke in in Nepal? Yeah, in in Nepal, uh, is food an obsession there? Is it? No, it's a it? it's a uh, it's a basic survival. Yeah, mm. uh, you don't spend money on extra, uh, uh, you know. Yeah. So you have like dalbat, we call it rice and lentils, what we serve at the market. You have that twice a day, every day. That's what I had. Twice a day, every day, all my life before I came to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my, my, you know, there weren't any choices. And what were the variants around that then? Would you have different sort of pickles and yeah. chutneys yeah. and breads the, and that? With the you? vegetables is what is seasonal. That's what comes so into the food. So they would vary each time, yeah. yeah. As growing up, you know, as a child, meat was expensive. So it was only on special occasions. Uh, but now things have changed, uh, you know. But like my my daughter, she's 13, and the choices of her uh, breakfast uh, uh, never ending. Yeah, and and I try to explain to her, you know, but then she doesn't get it because she doesn't have a reference point. Mm. I've been through that. I can you know relate to that. So yeah, that's. But starting this was because I missed my home cooking. When I was in Nepal, my mom and my sister were in charge of the kitchen, so the men were you know. So I only cooked when they were not there. So it was basic yeah. just to survive, like, you know, for a while. Can I, can I ask what you thought of Rotherham when you first arrived in the UK? <laughs> so you, so you hadn't <laughs> been to the UK before. Uh, yeah. And so you arrived in, in Wathondern. Gosh. Um, how old were you when you arrived in Wathondern? Ish. First time when I came, I think uh, I was in my, yeah. 20, 30s. Yeah, late, late 20s. Late yeah. 20s, yeah. And what were your first impressions then? What, what under on the UK? Is it a mad place? No. Is it an exciting place? No, are I we mean, happy people? Are we, are we sad people? Yeah, happy, happy people. Helpful. Helpful. Yeah, very generous, very courteous. All right. Until someone did something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah. But then again, you've got to see, like, my reference point was... The inf this was like growing up in Nepal bef before the internet or you know yeah. were films and yeah but TV, in the films would you have TV when you were growing up in Nepal it was only afterwards that my first TV was a black and white yeah and in Nepal they didn't have a, a national TV station yeah so right. we used to catch Indian stations uh, if, you put, if you put in the aerial in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, you had to. So that was, yeah, that was how it started. Yeah. And did you know much about the UK before you came to the UK? And at the UK, is, is the UK an important place? Yeah, yeah. Uh, trekking-wise, I was working for a company called World Expeditions. It's an Australian company, but has got uh, an office in London. So we yeah. had some clients from yeah. UK, and then they would, you know, we'd talk, and yeah. so I had some 
some familiarity familiarity okay. as to what yeah but it's it won't be exactly because that's my yeah you know processing and what what happens did is beer have an influence on your life growing up as a, a young bloke in, in Nepal, Nepal has a big uh, brewing uh, uh, culture um, like the, the big the big you've told me this before the biggest selling beer and the most famous beer from Nepal you'll have no surprise is called well you said it was Everest Lager. Oh, Everest, yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Everest. We call double uh, glazing in the UK Everest, of course. Everest double glazing. Over yeah. in Everest Nepal. double glazing. While you've been chatting, I have been Googling um, Nepalese beer. Because uh, I'm thinking, I don't know if I know of any beers from Nepal. And Gurkha beer comes up, mm-hmm. which um, I've not heard of before. Have you heard of that one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah? Gurkha um, and Everest. But yeah, quite, quite a few. Seems to be... Um, it's not exported as much as you as you might want, but mm. um, yeah, definitely. You know, there's 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 plenty there. Uh, uh, there's a big market for alcohol brewing in, especially in the rural areas. Uh, they do for uh, domestic consumption. Yeah, so home home brewing, home brewing is, yeah. is very big, isn't it? But I was saying when we went to the for the tour yeah. at the brewery, I was, you know, I was shocked as in. <laughs> how technology has been brought in to bring in precision to the point where you know it's all whereas up up there things can you know chances yeah. of things going wrong is huge like so there, there's still lots of that uh, uh, in the uk but less so of course in the commercial scene, the commercial scene. but there's still lots of mm. of of home brewing mm. um, in the uk that would mirror that would yeah. mirror that certainly we were very lucky as well because the TV screen, Laura, that you have in your brewery, which looks mightily impressive. Yeah. It's still a relatively new thing for you, actually, isn't it? It is, yeah. Is this TV as in, like, all the stats on all the brews and everything? Pushing the, all the buttons for the brews. Yeah, it was, it's it was, amazing. The first it, time I went to... It's, it's, it'll be years ago now. The first time I went to Thornbridge and, and they'd got all electronic screens monitoring all the beers. And I was like... Oh, that's almost like it's kind of behind the curtain a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. And, and it was almost like, I'm not going to say disappointing, but almost a little bit like, didn't realise it had gone this high tech, but yeah. I think at Abbeydale, it's, it's semi-automated. So it's, you know, you can see all the information things, but it's still very much a, a labour of love, I would say. It's not, you know, you can't brew from bed or anything like that. Okay. To the disappointment You can't dial in from home to change it. No. Um, has, has anyone made an we're going way off topic here an AI beer yet has that happened can chat GPT brew beer yeah I'm, uh, I'm sure that uh, it's I've asked come it up with a recipe I've tasting notes before and they're always very oh no I'm going to have to check how I can then now, I don't think Laura. my job's in any day <laughs> you could probably write really bad tasting notes and get, get them to, to, to like, tidy them up that I'm in a Facebook group that's like for people who work in, in brewing and beer um, and people went through a phase of asking it to write recipes and they're very amusing. I'd be interested in what uh, design it came up with for the can. Uh, oh, I could ask it. Done. Yeah, yeah. See, see whether uh, <laughs> see whether James has borrowed from AI, sorry James, for the, uh, the different design, James, different design James. of the can. I did try and use AI for... Um, 
I'm, I, I'm not sure we've got time for you to explain the background to why I needed to do this, but I asked AI whether or not it could design a photo of Jarvis Cocker looking like a microphone, right? So Jarvis Cocker in the shape of a microphone. It was terrible. It didn't It didn't work. Which I think anyone, even if I paid a designer, would probably struggle with that brief. But yeah, yeah. suffice to say it didn't. Hasn't Adam had arguments with chat G... What is it? G, G, GPT. G, G, Why is it about, called that, by the way? About, it's um, such a awful, rubbish isn't name, it? isn't it? He, he was he arguing with argue. it about the Hopcast, wasn't yes. he? Yeah. Yeah, he was asking it questions about Sheffield Hopcast and then arguing on points that he felt that the AI tool had got wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because it is a tool. Yeah, it's going to get things wrong. So Hungry Buddha, to finish off on your, your story then, Dev... You've been here seven years. You're very famous for your your tallies. Your um, my favourite dish from you is your coconut and curry. Excuse me, your cabbage and coconut. Cabbage, cabbage and coconut, absolutely outstanding. But you also do, and uh, Chris from the Rutland. I don't know. I'm sure Chris probably doesn't listen to um, our podcast, but if he does. Chris is, is uh, very fond of your mamas, so you've started doing those more recently, haven't you? They're a Nepalese dumpling, I believe. Yeah, yeah? Nepalese street food. If you go to Nepal, especially in the cities, they're very popular and done in a very industrial scale. Yeah. So street corners, because these are like... So at home you have like twice a day dalbat, lentils and yeah. rice. Like. So when you go out, you want something different. Yeah. So the next popular thing on the list is these dumplings momos or chow mein noodle dish yeah uh, so yeah and these are like it's a bit time consuming because there is a big demand that they make they produce in a bigger scale yeah so when you go in it's already yeah quick easy fast especially on a cold day on a cold day you know it warms you up yeah fills you up you know affordable price wise and then you go. Whereas here, we only uh, start cooking on order. So there's about 10 minute wait. Yeah. But yeah, these are. But dumplings, it's uh, how small the world is, you know, originated in China and along the trade route. Uh, it it manifested I think, into I its think own. dumplings probably originated in Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Sure it sounds like it should be a Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah, went, yeah. yeah, then went to yeah. China and then came, <laughs> travelled back. I'm sure it's not, but I'm going to claim that one for Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah. Beef stew and from dumplings. Beef stew and dumplings. But these are like... Different. Well, I know, I know, they're totally different. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally different. So, like, it's interesting. Nepal, where it came to Nepal, India. From Nepal, it went to India. It's very popular now. Indian students here, they all come... Yeah expecting their kind so when it's been to India it's got different region has its own variety yeah. so they ask for all these things I've never heard of and I say oh we only do steamed ones but then when you think of it it's you know travel along the trade route yeah and, yeah you know Italy it Poland influences all the yeah, way yeah along the way yeah so I feel like if I had you know if somebody said you can only have one food forever I think I'd pick dumplings because that's a really good cheat isn't it because you can mm. there's a you can get you a can vary them yeah and I really, really love them. This is very late in the episode to be coming up with such an excellent uh, <laughs> question. One food um, forever. Um, no, it's easy. There's two options. <laughs> Go on. Well, it's either pizza or it's cheesecake. Or Luis, uh, Luis Capaldi. Yeah. <laughs> I remembered. I had a, a Luis, Luis Capaldi cheese pizza before I came this evening. 
Sean doesn't know who Luis Capaldi is, so this is. I, I do know who he is, but I still haven't got uh, any clue as to what Devi's on about. Has he got his own pizzas? Has he? Louis he brought Capaldi? out his own pizza, but they've not. Never. They've been discontinued, so they're currently two pounds in um, Iceland, and the cheese one's lovely. So I stocked up on it. So uh, it's all I've eaten for the last week: Louis Capaldi right. cheese pizza because they they run out at the end of the month. And why have they quick. been discontinued? I don't know because they're actually genuinely good. So I can't I can't give you any insight into why that right. is. Right. Okay. Maybe so Louis Capaldi's just being discontinued. Your emphasis on genuinely having bought them from Iceland is is uh, it's very warming, James. Yes, very very warming. I, I'm sensing some <laughs> insincerity in your voice, Sean. I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, so no, I, I I'd not heard of the. What, what, what would uh, the what would yours be then? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you interested me. Um, there, you took yours to a two course. Well, it was uh, one, or the, other, yeah. one or the oh, other. One or the other. It'd yeah. be difficult. Not having both. If so, if 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 you said to me, James, you can eat cheesecake for the rest of your life and you know not die as a result yeah. of it, then I would probably take that. The greatest thing I have ever eaten in my life, flavour-wise, and for me, is from a, a a Thai chain restaurant in London called Busaba Eat Thai. I think they had one in Manchester, maybe there's one in Leeds at one bit as well. And they do a Thai calamari, which is deep fried squid uh, with ginger. And um, it's just phenomenal, really is phenomenal. So you would have that as your one thing that, you can that, eat that, forevermore? That, that is my greatest squid. ever thing I have ever eaten. Yeah, squid. I love I love squid. squid forever. In, in, uh, I, I can... Eat squid in all ver in its all various um, t- types is the wrong word. Sorry, we've got some drilling in the background. If anyone can hear that as well, that's coming from the market chippy uh, at the moment. So, I like it's um, organic. I like it. So I, I love squid uh, in in all the different ways that you can cook it, um, but that one is the best. And if you're ever in London and you want to try my Thai cal- calamari. There you go, Basabarit Thai. Just tweet at Beer Central. Yeah, at beercentral.co.uk. Oh, excuse me, at Beer Central Limited on tweet, yeah. Twitter, X. Sorry, X.com. Um, so if yeah. anybody needs any tips on that, there no worries. There's all squid in the market as well, so I regularly take that home and, and pan fry it at home as well. Mm. Delicious. Lovely. Um, very quick kind of beer round dropping because, Laura, you've be, you were at Spodfest. I was. Last weekend, yep. I went to the last session. So I was there on the Sunday evening. Um, they did, I think they might have done six or so shorter sessions this year. Um, there were oompah sessions in the daytime. And then I went to Oom-par. the party session in the evening. Party. Yeah. Um, but it was very good. I drank lots of lager. Had a very nice time. I um, The reason we were at the last session is because on the Sunday day I did my longest ever running race around Belper so I couldn't go on the Saturday because I couldn't be hungover and then run 18 miles that would have been a terrible idea Uh, so I was very ready for a beer and a lovely smod fest lager and a delicious um, beef beetroot and dill bratwurst from Piper's and that made me feel really good about life um, yeah, really nice event, fun music, nice people, good vibes. I think Very Dev, enjoyable. Dev and Pipers, when Nick comes into our shop next, I'm going to send him down to Dev 
And a, a Nepalese sausage. Oh yeah. Ooh. A Nepalese sausage. It's a good idea. Is what you'll uh, you'll get, ladies and gentlemen, from that. I uh, would that like meet-up. to eat one of those. Mm. Definitely. I'm already fancying it. Coalition sausage. Uh, It was also peak ender at the weekend and lovely weather for it. I wasn't, I didn't go this year and I'm guessing neither of you two did either. Uh, But that happened. Oh, did Jim go? Did you have a good time? Yeah, Jim ran there from home and then spent the whole day there. He'll have been ready for a beer as well. He was also ready for a beer. Doesn't he when you say that? I think he had a checkmates when he arrived. Um, He got the bus home. He got back at, he wasn't that late back, uh, but I had multiple conversations with him on Saturday that he could had absolutely no recollection of the day after. So I think he had a nice time. He said he saw lots of lovely people there, had a very enjoyable afternoon, met uh, my favourite internet dog, Bosch the Pom, who I've never met, sent me a picture of Bosch, so I was a bit starstruck. Uh, yeah, he had a lovely day. Is Bosch a real dog that appears on the internet, or yeah. is he just an internet? No, no, oh, he's a right. real dog. I just follow him on Instagram. <laughs> You're thinking like Tamagotchi, weren't you? Yeah. We uh, we should mention that it is now less than two months to go till Steel City Beer Festival. Um, so that starts on, I think it's the 18th of October. But um, if you um, if you Google Steel City Beer and Cider Festival, it will come up. In fact, if you just if you're lazy and just Google Steel City Beer Festival, it comes up as well because yeah. Google's magic. The latest beer magas, um, beer matters magazine's got details in, uh, yep, in as cool. well. The new beer mats are all out as well. I know they're very collectible. They are. Uh, you got one, uh, Abigail? Got one. We have sponsored a set of them. Yes. Yeah. We don't have any of them at the brewery, so, so anybody the, wanting to collect so them needs don't. to go find them in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and uh, yeah, uh, no, they look really good. Should Sean, be a good be- event. Before we go, you wanted to talk about red IPAs as well. Um, I mentioned that earlier that um, it's a, a style of beer that I've, what you've hardly seen in the uh, the last, what, four years or so, probably. But again, a little bit of a comeback. So hot on the heels of black IPAs, been resurrected by Abbeydale's Black Mass. Um, there are two reds out at the moment sticky hoppy reds I absolutely love them sticky and yeah um, Elusive have done a, a sunset red variation of their Oregon Trail West Coast IPA so it's a West Coast red IPA really truly fantastic sold brilliantly all the feedback I've had on it from customers as well has been really celebrating of it uh, the first one I had though before the Elusive was uh, Red Willow and Lakes. I've done a collaboration Ooh. called Red Lake. And um, it's... See what they did there. You can see, mm. yeah. It, it took me a, a couple of cans to work out why they'd call it that. But again, really fantastic. And um, that's something to celebrate. 5am Saint, of course, uh, was a, an early... An early very popular red, James, that you might have remembered from Brewdog. I, I do remember that. I will just give a very quick mention as well, because um, red red beers generally actually lend themselves quite well to uh, being alcohol-free, because they're quite about the flavour profile yeah. rather than the necessarily the alcohol profile. Uh, there's a Red Pills that Mashgang um, 
have done relatively recently. It's still available, um, which is uh, which is worth checking out as well for anyone that's um, that's not a big beer drinker. That's um, if you want to try a, a, a red beer, 0.5 percent. That's really good. Good stuff. Anything else anybody's got before we? Uh I just really want an all-day breakfast and some momos now. Yeah, we sat, we sat in front at the of menus. all the menus, aren't we? <laughs> so I can well, recommend McKay's Kitchen. If I'm having an all-day breakfast in here, it's Pete at McKay's uh, and Delia that I uh, go and see. Um, we're also opposite Lemongrass Thai uh, Street Food, which has been a, an incredible success over the last couple of years as well. They've also got their vegan mango option as well. The market also now has uh, a Malaysian cafe, but alongside our uh, um, Chinese food and your, your old school English market cafes as well so I think we've got a real nice blend in here at the moment and literally everything that is sold here in the market will go perfectly with Coalition Pale Ale we've designed it to go with um, every food including breakfast on the planet yeah that salty bacon and salty sausage you need a crisp pale ale bit of bitterness on the end of that just to cut through so yeah forget your orange juice (laughs) and um, uh, get stuck into coalition. I'm not sure Can't the wait. podcast endorses that. <laughs> that's that's a Sean Clark comment rather yeah, well, than the Sheffield all podcast. It's all-day breakfast. It is true. Yeah, yeah. Have it later in the day. I, 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 there's a question I want to ask you, Sean, and I'm thinking if we can answer it in about a minute. Okay. I was intrigued when you talked about the process of going and brewing the beer as to exactly what role. Paul the Rugman played in um, Paul the, the, Rugman, the brewing of the uh, uh, was the, beer. the uh, Paul the Rugman was the uh, stamina guy. Right, right. He was there for the start, and he was there with me right at the very end. At the end. He used and to run pubs, didn't he? He did he, back he in the day. Oh, yeah, right. yeah okay. back in the day, he used to run pubs in Sheffield, and so he's not been involved in beer for a long, long time, and he had the time of his life down at the brewery that day. He's very excited. And he was telling stories about, you know, how, how they used to transport the beers and yeah. and from early morning, like, you know, they would yeah. start pulling and it's like that. Yeah, so uh, he sells a mighty fine rug and we're using rug in the uh, floor-based um, 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 meaning of what, it. What's um, happening? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're what's not selling on? wigs. Uh, he's not selling wigs. Uh, uh, there is a wig stall uh, near, <laughs> near the oh, rug stall, right? But um, if, it, if, are there if, any businesses left in the market? Yeah, that you've if you want an Axminster no. wig on top of your head, uh, you'd look as daft as uh, Donald Trump, I would imagine. <laughs> right, that's going to wrap us up. Thank you very much for joining us, Dev. Thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure to My hear pleasure. your story, Cheers, Dev. Uh, thank you, and uh, we will see you again next month. See you then. Good night. Bye. Bye.